For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Bob Sturm, who covers the Dallas Cowboys for The Athletic. He's been covering them for over two decades in the NFL, so he's got a great scope on what to pay attention to when it comes to both the Cowboys' offense and the Cowboys' defense, which has been one of the worst defenses in all of football. We'll also take a look at what's going on with Mike McCarthy in his first season as Dallas Cowboys head coach, and they'll see an old friend, Alden Smith, who has resurrected his career after he was out of the league for five years. Should be a fun one to see on Sunday morning. All stuff we can discuss with Bob Sturm, who joins me next. It's Friday, December 18th. It's my pleasure now to welcome in Bob Sturm. He covers the Dallas Cowboys here for The Athletic. You know, coming into this game, I think a lot of people, nice little classic rivalry game from the 80s, 49ers-Cowboys. I know we haven't seen a lot of it in the modern day, but what should 49er fans, Bob, know about the Cowboys as they come into this weekend as both teams are are maybe not the, uh, the powerhouses they expected to be this year, man? Yeah, this, I mean, uh, they should probably know that uh, this won't be one of the instant classics of this rivalry, I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Cowboys are a team that's uh, really had a uh, horrendous year. And unlike uh, the 49ers, who at least started it in the Super Bowl, they were trying to rebound from another uh, very disappointing year that got uh, their previous coach fired. So, it's been a lot of start and stop. But as any fan of any team knows, if you lose QB1, for any period of time, uh, you're probably in trouble. But if you lose them for the whole season, uh, you're definitely in trouble. And, and, and when Dak Prescott broke his ankle with a pretty substantial uh, foot pointed in the wrong direction situation, on top of losing left tackle Tyron Smith and right tackle uh, Lyle Collins for the year, their offense was pretty well cooked. And when your best part of your team uh, loses its best players, now you're asking the worst part of your team, the defense, to hold its own. And, you know, I mean, look, the 49ers don't want to hear any excuses about injuries, but it is what it is, and the Cowboys aren't nearly good enough to overcome what's been ailing them this year. I think the biggest surprise from any outsider looking in on this team is, yeah, Dak Prescott goes down and you go, okay, they were putting up big points. He was having maybe a career year, was playing for that contract off the franchise tag, right? Everybody was looking for him to to get the big payday. And I'm looking at what the rest of the team has done without him. You expect the receivers to take a hit. Is it a little surprising to you how much Zeke Elliott's production has taken a hit with the losses, Dak Prescott? I will say it's not a massive surprise based on the fact that I think his decline began in 2019. And I hesitate to say decline because he kind of looks the same and he's still young and it shouldn't really be happening this fast. But he is not nearly the explosive player he once was. And so in this evolution of what the NFL is like, and I realize the 49ers do a wonderful job of kind of running a scheme that uh, mixes the modern and the past in a better way than most teams, but the general modern running back you'd like to think is more of an Alvin Kamara or a Delvin Cook or a Christian McCaffrey who beats you at times as a receiver and at times as a very elusive running back. But the absolute ground and pound bulldozer types, with the exception of Derrick Henry, I'm not positive there's a long list of success stories in the modern NFL, and therefore you have teams that kind of run running back by committee, or you have teams that have found a de facto wide receiver to play running back for them. The Cowboys are kind of neither fish nor fowl, and they're kind of chasing that early 90s dynasty ghost with uh, trying to find Emmitt Smith as, as Zeke Elliott. And so he's always been a volume guy, 
but when the 10-yard runs started disappearing and the broken tackles started disappearing, there was never really a receiving component to it except maybe as a safety valve, kind of Leonard Fournette-like. And so, honestly, I really had a big problem with them taking him at number four in the draft, but it worked early. But now, when they doubled down and gave him the biggest running back contract in NFL history, that part looks like it's aging very, very poorly. And so he's sort of proven what we feared all along, which if you're reliant on having a dominant offensive line or a dominant passing game, well, then what makes you the best running back in football? And the answer, unfortunately, seems to be not very much. I guess what we're talking about is the classic three down back, right? And it's so funny you mentioned that they're sort of chasing that ghost of Emmett Smith because I think the 49ers have been doing that with a quarterback for a number of years. You get Steve Young and Jim Montana back to back and everybody's looking for the next quarterback and maybe that's not how it gets done. And to your point, Zeke Elliott, 20 carries only three times this year. He's only done it once since week two. So he's clearly not the bell cow that he was. And you're right, it just doesn't really exist in the league as much today. In talking about the offensive line, relative to what the 49ers have not done well this year, and that's the pass rush. Last year, what made them so successful was they had DeForest Buckner who could push that pocket. You had uh, guys like Nick Bosa and DeFord on the outside who could clean it up. What can you tell me about the offensive line for the Cowboys that would make the 49ers think that maybe they've got an opportunity to get to the quarterback in Andy Dalton? You know, I would say that the biggest issue with the Cowboys offensive line, because they're young, they're inexperienced, they're not highly thought of right now because Connor Williams when the season started was thought of as probably the weak spot. And because they've had so many injuries, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, and of course, Travis Frederick retired. So all four of their guys who have been pro bowlers have all disappeared in the same year. That is a massive issue. So Connor Williams goes from being your fifth best to your best. But I'll tell you, what's interesting is you kind of see the difference between college and pro with offensive linemen because none of them are just disasters, although Terrence Steele, the right tackle, is is clearly the weakest of the bunch. But he's an undrafted free agent from Texas Tech who I think originally was surprised that he made the NFL, and then they just started him pretty much every game this year because they've lost so many tackles. The problem has been in the NFL, it's not so much beating the guy in front of you as much as it is understanding what the defense is trying to do to deceive you in pre-snap. And so when you put a bunch of 23-year-olds out there together, you quickly see that the expertise of an NFL line is understanding that, okay, if the linebacker blitzes here in the B-gap, well, then you slide, and then I take this guy, and, and we just switch. And there's so many mental acuity issues amongst an offensive line, they all have to be thinking together and they all have to be moving together. And so if the Cowboys have had trouble this year, it's been with teams that love to deceive you pre-snap. The Ravens were a great example. The Steelers were a great example. These teams that love to blitz, but they don't have to blitz because they also have butt kickers up front. The 49ers are absolutely a defensive front that at full strength, especially when they had DeForest Buckner, could just maul you with four and then they would, you know, blitz the occasional linebacker or slot corner just to make your life uh, miserable. But I'll tell you, based on what we see, I think the Cowboys' offensive line of kids is actually making some progress. But I would imagine Robert Sala has a few ideas for them schematically that can make them look a little silly. And then Andy Dalton, of course, is a decent quarterback, but he's also a guy who's been behind 
just the worst offensive line in football in Cincinnati in 2018 and 2019. And then he comes here and loses all of his talent in 2020. So the book on Andy Dalton is he's going to get the ball out of there as quick as he possibly can as a self-preservation thing. It's not that he's afraid to take a hit, but he just knows I can't sit back here. I'm not going to have the time with this very low level of talent in front of me. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. In talking about Mike McCarthy's offense, and you talk about these young guys coming in and and learning a new system and learning how to adjust to the NFL and and where you move when a guy shoots a certain gap, I'm wondering how Mike McCarthy's being perceived. For a long time, he was viewed, I mean, he was here in San Francisco with Mike Nolan, who's of course now his D coordinator, was viewed as a a really good offensive mind, had a lot of great years in Green Bay. Just wondering, is he being accepted or understood that, hey, this guy expected to have Dak Prescott and people are sort of, I don't know, coming to terms with the fact that this isn't the team and it's not at the health that he had expected to have? I don't think people are, are uh, in any way understanding of Mike McCarthy right now. Uh, I, you know, you have to understand, he was coaching a, a bitter rival in Green Bay, and then some of the most heartbreaking losses the Cowboys have had in this past era have been to Mike McCarthy and the Green Bay Packers, on top of which is he won a Super Bowl in their stadium. To suggest that most Cowboy loyalists did not really regard Mike McCarthy as one of their favorites to begin with, I would say that's an understatement. Now you add to it the fact that they've gone from the very frustrating Jason Garrett to a new day with a Super Bowl winning coach and everything has absolutely fallen to pieces simultaneously. So I personally believe Mike McCarthy is a very good coach. I would question the idea of hiring Mike Nolan, but I also think there was some bad luck there in that they wanted to transform the defensive scheme but then they lost their entire offseason after they made the decision to COVID-19. So I realize the entire league is in sort of the same boat, but the entire league wasn't changing coaching staffs. Only five teams did. And of those five teams, I'm not sure anybody else tried to actually change from a 4-3 to a 3-4. I could be wrong. But just overall, I think it's been a series of unfortunate events. And I think Mike Nolan, unfortunately, might pay for it with his job because the matchup on Sunday that I would draw great attention to would be the fact that the 49ers run game is always inventive and always confusing to defensive fronts that don't have their act together. Well, spoiler, the Cowboys defensive front and their linebackers have not had the slightest clue about gap integrity and about making sure that everybody's playing their assignment this season on even the most basic level. Every Sunday when you put the film on, you will find a gap that's absolutely free and a runner who is in the open field without even having to be touched. And so what that generally suggests is a poorly coached defense, but I know Mike Nolan and Tom Sula know their stuff, so I don't think they're poorly coached. I just think they're sort of chasing preparation all season long because they just haven't had the reps and the time and the mental study to make sure that everyone is doing their job in the classic Bill Belichick, just do your job and don't worry about the next guy because he'll do his and we'll all be fine. The Cowboys haven't had that all year, so much so that if you look at the stats from a standpoint of everybody knows about like yards after contact, Well, the Cowboys are last in the league in yards before contact 
or said another way, yards without any contact whatsoever on the way to the end zone. They are last, and they do it every week, and they did it with Lamar Jackson on that game on Tuesday night. They a little better against Cincinnati, but that probably was because Cincinnati was fumbling the ball before they got to the hole, but it's just been a disaster, and the linebackers kind of look clueless, and just nobody looks like they have been uh, very well coached or at least could carry out their assignments. And I imagine with Kyle Shanahan's ability and pre-snap to change the number of gaps and to cause confusion on who has the ball, that is absolutely the kryptonite of the Dallas Cowboys defense. So for that reason, I would give the 49ers, even in their present form, a pretty distinct advantage offensively. Yeah, kind of a rubber meets the road moment then. Kyle Shanahan trying to get his offense going, which has sort of struggled to to punch it in the last couple of weeks. One more here for you on the way out, just regarding the defense. Um, If not for Alex Smith, Alden Smith might be the NFL Comeback Player of the Year this year. You know, he was so great for the 49ers and was a really sad story that he was out of the league for four years. And heard Jay Glazer talking about him sort of healing from the inside out. And now the impact he's making on the field, not just to get back, but I think it's a great story. He had that big 78-yard fumble return for a touchdown. What can you tell us? about Alden Smith and about the season he's having then? Well, I just wrote about him, I think, on Wednesday that I would be more than happy to get a deal with him for 2021 and 2022 uh, done as quickly as possible. I think he's been really, really solid. And there are games where he looks tired and he looks like a guy who's been out of the league for five years and maybe did not have a quite NFL game conditioning because I think we underestimate what it takes to play in an NFL season, not just a game, but Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. These guys are freaks of nature. And I imagine five years away from the game, uh, your body transforms, even if you're in the gym every single day, it's just not the same. And so I think there are games where he's flashed and looked special. And I think there are games where he's looked pedestrian, but overall for a guy to be out of the league for five years, to come back a bit heavier, but also still have that elite athleticism. Uh, I think it's a great story. I think it's great that his off-field life has uh, gone back on track. And I don't know what the market for him is, because I know last spring there were very few teams that wanted to even take a shot on a guy who's had that many strikes. But the Cowboys are traditionally a team that will bring me your tired and your poor and your weak. You know, they're, they're the Statue of Liberty of the NFL. They'll try anything. And sometimes it's a disaster like Greg Hardy. And sometimes it really pays off because they're just guys that needed a little direction in life. And, and I think Alden Smith is a great fit here. And given the fact that he may have a limited free agent market just because of, uh, you know, his priors, I'd like to think the Cowboys could get something done with him for at least 2021 at a pretty reasonable rate. He's been fine. Uh, he's bordered on uh, very good for much of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I hope that if that's a place that, that's working for him mentally and, and for his life, that that's a place he would want to stay, that he finds some stability and maybe uh, maybe he finds a little role there, even if it's not as the all-pro superstar we all thought he was once going to be. Bob, thank you so much. It's a great layered scope at what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. I think 49er fans are looking forward to the matchup. It's unfortunate he got bumped out of, out of Sunday night, but a little bit better of a team in the Browns playing than, uh, than both the Niners and the Cowboys, man. Yep, uh, the name brands apparently don't always hold prime time, so we'll see you California folks bright and early, right? Yeah, that's it, man. Thanks so much, Bob. We'll catch you down the road, man. Anytime. Take it easy. I like talking to these guys. We don't get a lot 
from the NFC East, obviously, they saw the Eagles, the Niners did, the Giants this year. You saw the Washington football team last week, and now the Dallas Cowboys, who I don't think they planned at the start of this year and without Dak Prescott was playing to be one of the worst teams in football. But here they are, and if he returns next year, they have a pretty good draft pick. They could make a pretty quick turnaround in a hollow NFC East. We'll pay close attention Sunday as the 49ers are not yet mathematically eliminated but will need this win to keep their playoff hopes potentially alive as they head into Week 16. Thank you to Brian, thank you to Bob, and thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. We're enjoying bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. On Monday, we'll talk to Tim Roy, the radio voice of the Golden State Warriors, about the upcoming 2020-2021 season. The preseason is behind us, the regular season straight ahead. It all starts with the Brooklyn Nets next week. Until then, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.